You're listening to the Packernet Podcast Network. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome once again to the Packernet Podcast. I am your host and resident fanalist, as always, Ryan Schlipp. Check us out online, packernet.com. Find me on Twitter, pack underscore daddy. So today I've got one more question, and then we're going to start rooting through some of the news that's been going on, and that'll be about that. As always, be sure to uh, leave that iTunes. We're, We're so close. I mean, we shot from like 80 to 100 in no time. I thought that would take like a year, and it got done in like a week, it felt like. Then I proposed the giveaway, and we shot from like 100 to, I don't know, 150. Then it's been snail's pace to like 185. And now when I'm just about ready to give out this PFF giveaway, eh, we don't really want it. (laughs) Which, I guess financially, that's fine. But it would be nice to be able to give it away. So we are 15 iTunes reviews away from being able to give away the PFF subscription. So if you're interested and you have have iTunes or are willing to download it so that you can leave a review, just leave a five-star review. Uh, Either send me a screenshot of the review itself so I know that you did it, or I suppose just send me the name that you're going to use, and then if I can find it, then I'll call that good. Whatever. Alternatively, there's two other options. You want to leave a five-star review because you're a good Samaritan and you want somebody else to get the uh, reward, or you just kind of like the podcast and want to help me out. The third one's my favorite. If, if we're playing favorites here, that's the one I prefer. But we're hitting the milestone, and I'd just like to get there. Anyways, uh, the rest of the preliminaries you can find in the description, including the phone number to text or call. As I've said, it's just a Google Voice number. I don't even know you're texting me or calling me. I'm not going to pick up in the middle of work and have an awkward conversation. Just go straight to voicemail. So anyways, we'll take our uh, break and come right back into it. We all have smartphones, and we all know they're pretty amazing, but they also can be amazingly distracting, especially when we're around other people. So U.S. Cellular wants us to reset our relationship with our phones by putting down our phones for five. That's right, a company that sells phones wants us to put down our phones. And to see what we find, learn more at uscellular.com forward slash built for us. In the hobby, it's not easy being a fan of ripping packs or repacks. We get all hyped up thinking we're going to get some high-value Jordan Love card, but with zero transparency on available cards and hit rates, it's all just a shot in the dark. Until now, introducing Slab Packs from ArenaClub.com, the only repack that provides real value, a complete view on all possible cards, and clear hit rates for each one. Now when I buy Slab Packs on Arena Club, it finally feels like I know what I'm getting. And honestly, the best thing for me and my son is the fact that we're kind of novices into this. When I walk into a card shop with my son, and a card says it costs $40, kind of just taking his word for it that that's a good value. So I appreciate the transparency on grading, as well as just getting excited about seeing what you could potentially get. Right now, you can get 10% off your first purchase by going to arenaclub.com slash packdaddy. Wow, that's crazy offer. 10% off a $400 slab pack. That's 40 bucks right there. Anyways, that's arenaclub.com slash packdaddy for 10% off your first purchase. So I got another question from the uh, the masked listener from Wyoming, which is what I'm going to refer to you as from now on. Probably not. I just felt like doing that. But he says, do you believe that Brian Gutekunst will go through with the Josh Jones trade request? Um, I, I think that's 
As far as his desire, I think it's a 100% done deal. I think if he had an offer on the table that he liked, it would already be done. I think for most teams, and I'll say especially the Packers, or you know the Packers and the Patriots and certain teams up there, once you get to a point where a, te- a player just says, I don't want to be here anymore, with a few exceptions, right? If Aaron Rodgers says, I'd like a trade, the Packers are just going to, you know, as, as horrible of a situation as that is, the Packers are probably going to say, yeah, well, we got your contract. You're going to stay here. You're going to play, and you're going to like it. Because, no, you're, <laughs> you're the whole team, dude. You're not going anywhere. You're going to get me fired. Sit here and be quiet. But, you know, I mean, there are very few others that if they said, I don't want to be here anymore, trade me, the Packers wouldn't oblige. Now, it's just a matter of can we find a trade partner and can we find something that we, some kind of compensation that is worth it. Because although Mike Pettin maybe didn't utilize him very much, Brian Gutekunst still really had high hopes for Josh Jones. I mean, he's a second-round pick. Of course, he hoped he was going to do well. And as I've said several times, you know, third-year leap, sometimes stuff happens. But uh, I don't think Josh Jones falls into the we-can't-let-him-go category. He fits a nice role. You know, we, we kind of need that third safety linebacker hybrid guy. I mean, it, he, he fits a really needy spot, in my opinion. No offense to Raven Green. But, yeah, I, I think from just a locker room standpoint and everything else, when a guy just comes out and says, I'm not coming, I don't want to be there, I want you to trade me, I think the best thing to do, I, I think the hard thing to do is to find adequate compensation because ideally you say, okay, well, we'll just trade you for, you know, equal or greater value, in which case you're okay with it, right? I mean, if we just take the emotion out of he was my second-round pick or, or whatever you might think he might be, you're just trying to trade your $10 bill for two $5 bills, and who cares? The problem is everybody's going to try to lowball you because you're the one in a tough spot. So hopefully somebody out there really likes Josh Jones and is willing to give you a fair offer. But again, you know, teams are going to be starting with conditional picks, seventh-round picks, sixth-round pick maybe, whatever. And although getting your second round back after he's got some tread on his tires is not realistic, the, the drop in value is probably... The, the most value that Josh Jones can bring to the Packers is to play for the Packers, and that's the problem. It's like being upside down on a car payment or something. It's just, it's just going to be a loss. So we'll see. I'm sure there is a part of the strategy that is to reach out to him, see if there can make some concessions, find out what actually is the problem, try to reassure him that there's, there's a, a high expectation and, and we're really excited for him. You know, we drafted two because we need two, but we still use three, and that still makes you a, a starter, and we're real excited about you, you know, whatever. I'm sure that's part of the plan, but I'm guessing 90% of, of my energy as the GM is going to be to try to quickly find a trade partner. Well, maybe 85% of my energy, 10% of my energy is going to be finding a replacement, and then maybe about 5% is to reach out to Josh and be like, come on, man. You didn't really mean all that stuff, right? You want to come back here. You love it here. But in reality, that's kind of a problem for Josh, too. Because that, that's kind of a secondary question, is what happens if the Packers can't find a trade partner? They're not just going to cut him. At least they shouldn't. I wouldn't. I know that seems like a mean thing to do, because if, if we cut him, somebody's going to pick him up. If we don't cut him, it's basically just like a Le'Veon Bell situation where he says, I refuse to play, and that's kind of a bad thing for him. Because if you don't play, you don't get paid. And although the guy has made a decent living up to this point, I don't know that it's necessarily enough to carry him through the rest of his life. I mean, it could be if he's being responsible with his money. 
but he's, he's not going to get that big contract, right? It's that second contract that says, all right, I'm set for life. Let's go. And this is, this is his best opportunity, right? It's year three. He's, he's second year in this system. And if he goes somewhere, I don't know. I, I, I can't help but feel like this is a very emotional decision or not a very smart one, which is all the more reason to just be like, all right, go away. Because he had Dom Capers, and that wasn't great. Then Mike Pettin came in, and that wasn't great. But it's a new system. Give it another year. No, he doesn't want to. Third year in the NFL, second year with Mike Pettin. Much better supporting cast around him. He's the clear number three. He's going to be the guy in the box. But we draft two guys. He throws a hissy fit, and he wants to go get traded somewhere else where he doesn't know the defense. He can't control what the you know whether or not he goes to a good defense that's going to be a great supporting cast or a garbage defense. He doesn't know if he's going to be number one, two, three, four, five on the depth chart. I don't know. I don't think it's a great situation. I don't think it was a great decision for him. I mean, I know I said at one point this is probably for the best because he doesn't have an option, but it's super high risk. Even if your future isn't with the Packers, this is still a good opportunity to go out, dominate, and then let the Packers make a decision. Are you going to let me walk and let somebody else pay me, or are you going to pay me? Because somebody's paying me based on what I did this year. Even if you get limited snaps, everybody's watching, man. If you get 400 snaps on the season... And you dominate for 400 snaps. Everybody sees that. You're All of a sudden, you're getting a big contract coming up. Now you're looking at a situation where the Packers want to trade you because you're more valuable elsewhere than for us. You're more valuable in a trade than on this team because we can get a lot for you now because you're valuable, yet we don't use you very much. It's all about just getting the most value. That's all this is. Team just wants to gather up as much value as possible. So anyways, yes, I do expect something to happen. But I also see why it's a tough situation, and I, I don't exactly know how it gets resolved. My guess is that um, they're going to move him, and we're going to get little to nothing for him. I don't mean literally nothing, but it's going to be—it's going to feel like nothing. Again, I've, I've for some reason sixth round just feels right. I mean, he's 24, super athletic, second round pick. We've seen safeties from Green Bay you know, especially DBs and, and players like that who leave Green Bay go and have pretty successful careers. It's just a matter of somebody poaching them. So somebody probably wants them. It's just a matter of what they're willing to give. And um, yeah, I don't think we're going to get too much for it. Worst case scenario is we just cut them outright and we get nothing and that's just going to really be horrible. And then the third scenario is we can't find a trade partner. We refuse to cut them and it just becomes kind of an ugly situation. And part of the reason something like that is ugly is players don't like when you disrespect players. So then you're potentially hurting, you know, at this point, Josh hurt the team. Packers aren't doing anything wrong. If you start stringing along Josh Jones, now you got players on your own team looking at you going, that's messed up, right? There's always kind of that, not for everybody, but for a lot of players, there seems to be sort of that power struggle, us versus them. It's a weird dynamic considering you play for the team, you love the team, you respect the team, but you also expect the team to kind of treat you wrong and you kind of get cold-hearted toward it. I don't know, it's a weird dynamic. But I would be worried about that if I was the GM. Right? Players just don't like that stuff. So I don't know. That's that's Gutekunst's job to figure out. I think the best thing for us to do as fans is to just assume he's gone and we're not getting anything for it, and then anything we get on top of it is a bonus. If he comes back, awesome. If we get a six-round pick, awesome. If we get a player of significantly lesser value, cool, I guess. So we'll see what uh, kind of magic Gutekunst can pull off. Um, something not exactly Packers related, but it is kind of because 
you know, we have to play against other teams. But somewhat significant news is two of the Lions' better players on defense have decided they're not showing up because they want bigger contracts. Those two being Darius Slay and Damon Harrison. Now, it's probably not that big of a deal because I expect the Lions to figure out a way to get this done, and their salary cap is in pretty good position. In fact, I think that's a big part of the reason why uh, this is happening. Because it actually seems kind of weird. First of all, Damon Harrison was just signed. Like, I, what, what was it? Wasn't it last year? So one year ago, you signed a contract and said, yep, this is what I want, and the next year you decide, no, I don't want this anymore. I want something better. Just seems like you got to kind of play for a while. Beyond that, I don't think you outperformed any expectations. You're very good at what everybody knows you're very good at. And by the way, the other, the biggest reason I think Damon especially is in, in danger here of just being cut is because outside of being maybe the best run-stopping defensive tackle in the NFL, I mean, he, he was that when the Patriots got rid of him. The NFL just doesn't value that as much anymore. He's getting a $7 million contract. I mean, he's getting paid $7 million this year. He has a contract agreed through next year as well for $9.2 million. He'll be 32 years old. I don't know what you want. You want him to sign you through 34? You just want to squeeze a few more million out of him because the Lions have like $24 million sitting in cap space? I, I just feel like he's playing a pretty dangerous game. Especially when, and, and you know, I'm sure um, the Detroit Lions want a strong defensive line like every single team in the NFL seems to be doing now. You see, uh, you know, with the Carolina Panthers just added more defensive line talent. But they've already got Deshaun Hand and Sean Robinson, who are pretty solid guys up front. Now, they would love to have a third, especially since Damon Harrison is better than both of them, and not one of them really is a good pass rusher. I mean, Damon is neither, but I'm just saying it's, it's not a super great defensive line. But at the very least, it's a 4-3 scheme. We need two guys in the middle. We have two that are very, very good at what Damon Harrison is good at. Damon is 31 years old. Damon is already extremely highly paid. Damon just got let go by <laughs> a team that needed him much more, the Giants. I don't know if I said the Patriots before. I don't know why I was thinking he was with the Patriots. He was with the Giants. I don't know. I guess I don't get it. And then Slay is also weird because he's the second highest paid player on the team. The only thing I could think for him is that he doesn't have any guarantees anymore. So maybe, you know, it is kind of a scary situation. He maybe doesn't even need any more money, he just wants to slide some of that into the guaranteed column. Because he's still pretty young, and he's got three years left. And if he gets hurt, or if something happens, he's just getting zero. So I guess it kind of makes sense, but it's still kind of crazy to have the second highest played, paid uh, player on the team, especially, oh, sorry, he has two years left, especially a guy that just went from $6 million to $16 million. He just got a $10 million pay bump, and he's refusing to show up because he's not getting paid enough. I mean, I, again, I kind of get it. He's 28. Um, next year is his last year. So maybe he's just looking to get that extension and get a few more guarantees. You know, add two years onto this, slap a couple more guarantees at me, give me one of those sweet signing bonuses, which on top of $16 million, even if it's a $5 million signing, I mean, we're talking $20 million bucks, man. Let's just get some more padding in that bank account. I don't know. But again, I think a lot of this is just, um, you know, the Lions are sitting with, $23.5 million in the bank. People are trying to capitalize. Now, the reason I bring this up is less to do with the fact that I think anyone's getting cut, although Damon is on somewhat thin ice here, and more to do with the fact that although this year it isn't a problem, I the salary cap is one of the most dangerous things. Teams that mess up the salary cap are teams that are really, really going to you know get bit. 
The Bears, I don't think, are doing a great job of managing it. The Vikings, I don't think, are doing a great job of managing it. And they're both in a tight spot. And the biggest reason that the Packers have the opportunity to catch up is really the salary cap. Well, that and, and Pace just giving away draft picks like candy. But it just, it just stifles their ability. So as we're catching up, it's like, well, they're just going to keep... They can't because they haven't managed their salary cap well enough. So the Lions seem to be doing an okay job. I don't know if it's so much management as it is there's just nobody to pay because everybody's garbage. I mean, we obviously pay... I mean, Matt Stafford's getting $29.5 million, but beyond that, not a lot of people to pay. The only people on the team getting paid more than $10 bucks are Darius Leigh at 16 and Ricky Wagner at, at 12 kind of crazy but the point is as time goes on if we can get guys like Darius Slay who are just getting older and worse to suck up even more money and for longer sweet if we can get Damon Harrison who again or similarly is getting older and worse and just does a job that other guys who are younger and just getting better can already do in other words oh no Damon Harrison's really going to be good at stopping the run as are everybody else and they're going to try to lock him up for longer and suck up more cap space. And the guarantees are good, too, because it just means that the Lions aren't in a position to say goodbye, which is what I think Damon and Darius are trying to prevent. I don't want you to get to the point where, where you can just say, okay, goodbye, which is what happens when you don't have any guarantees left, right? You tweak your knee, your play falls off, you're getting old. We're going to save some salary cap, and we're just going to cut you, and it's not going to hurt at all. They want to put you in a position where even if I stink you got to keep me because I'm too expensive. And that's what we Packer fans want also. And, um, and, and so, so for us, this is a good thing because you got two players who are trying to force the Lions to do what they don't want to do because without Darius Slay and Damon Harrison, this team is significantly worse. I'm already not impressed, and I mentioned before how I'm... Um, I don't want to say disappointed because I'm excited, but as a Lions fan, I would be disappointed with the amount of... of how much better they got. Right? As I said, the Lions and the Packers are on similar footing as far as how much opportunity they have to improve their teams. The Packers got heads and tails miles better. The Lions, eh. But, I mean, this, this cornerback group without Darius Slay is trash. Their defensive line without Damon Harrison, again, they've got two guys, and that's cool, but one of them is sort of an outside-inside guy. So, basically, across the front four, we've got three. And only one of them, Flowers, has the ability to rush the passer. Our linebackers are not great. I don't think anyone really expects uh, Jelani Tavai to be able to step up and be awesome. Defense is just kind of trash, man. I mean, it's it's not scary already. And again, I, I don't expect them to not play. They will get this figured out. But I'm just expressing why they're doing this. I think the uh, the agents know full well, especially Darius Slay how much value he brings and the fact that the Lions will not let him walk. They just can't. He, he's the only good corner they have. And if they have any chance in the world of winning anything, which is already slim to none, I mean, it's it's a very boring team overall. I mean, okay, Stafford is meh. Offensive line is decent, but, you know, mediocre at best. Kenny Galladay's looking like he's pretty good. But as far as quarterback-wide receiver duos go, not at all impressed. Right? I mean, it's third best in the NFC North, much less the NFL. So, anyways, I'm pretty excited to see that news. And again, it'll be more long-term. It's, it, it means nothing for this year because it's going to get resolved. They're going to get paid. The biggest question is, and the biggest hope for us needs to be, please get massive contracts with lots of guarantees that go way farther into the future than it should. 
so that when these guys fall off, the Lions' salary cap is in a tough situation. And I don't necessarily even mean tough as though they can't do anything because, again, they're not paying anyone. But it gets to the point where you have to make tough decisions because when you want to pay guys that are really paying off, right, when some of these young defensive linemen are coming up for contracts or, or, you know, whoever is starting to show off, it becomes a problem because we're overpaying people here. Overpaying is is something you should never do, but they're trying to force them to do that, and I think they're going to do that, and that's exciting. So finally, um, since there isn't a ton of time, there's just two things I want to touch on. Uh, first of all, and it's not really news, I guess, but everyone's kind of freaking out, So it's and it's exciting. Uh, Jordy Nelson has officially said he's going to come back and sign his one-day contract to retire as a Green Bay Packer, which is a good moment. It's nice to kind of get that. It's kind of like with the Aaron Rodgers contract situation where it's like, you know it's going to get done, but it's just kind of nice to get that finalized. Like, okay, this is official, right? We're doing this. But the other interesting thing is he said uh, sometime in August. Now, I don't know. But I would assume they would want to make an event out of this. Not just he's going to sneak into a back office, sign it, shake some hands, and then, you know, do a photo op and then fly back home. If we think August, the first thing that comes to my mind, obviously my son's birthday and all, but it's football. August is when football starts. Like actual this team versus that team football. And I don't think that's necessarily a a, a, uh, coincidence. Now, August is preseason football, so it would, I don't know, if I'm guessing... This isn't a guarantee, obviously, but I would assume that this would be kind of an event um, maybe prior to a preseason game where there's like a ceremony for him. He comes out and, you know, waves to the crowd and all that kind of stuff. The question is, which one? Well, it's not going to be at the away game because that would be weird. There's going to be two home games. One is August 8th against the Texans. One is August 29th against the Chiefs. Now, again, just trying to think kind of what makes the most sense. How about we open the season with Jordy Nelson? So, if I had to guess, Thursday, August 8th, against the Houston Texans, there's going to be a ceremony before the game for Jordy Nelson. Now, please don't run out and buy tickets, because Pack Daddy told you that Jordy Nelson's going to be there. However, if you do buy tickets and he is there, I expect a thank you. I want all of the credit, but none of the blame. But anyways, I think that'll be kind of cool, and I'm excited for that for a lot of reasons. Uh, The other thing that was brought up, and I've been thinking about it, quite a bit, I don't know if it's really possible, but I think it'd be kind of fun, would be to do some kind of event, as in actual face-to-face doing stuff event. Now, this can be as big or small as people want it to be. It just depends how much interest there is, and there could be a financial component if, you know, that's needed. Actually, it's going to be needed, but I, I guess I just want to start the process of gauging interest. It can be as small as, like, just a watch party, like, let's just get together and watch a Packer game eat some tacos or wings or whatever, and then uh, high-five and go home. I don't know. Now, ideally for me, this would be in Madison, but maybe more people would be willing to travel if it was up in Green Bay. I don't know. Again, just putting out feelers. I know a large part of this audience not only isn't in the Madison area, you're not even in Wisconsin, but if there was uh, an event, I'm just curious, how many people would be willing to be there? My guess is not enough, but I want to at least... uh, at least confirm my suspicion that there wouldn't be enough people. Because I have had some people ask, and as they're asking, I've already been thinking about it. There's also an additional option, which would be a smaller group doing something, sort of like a VIP event. I don't know. Just let me know. Anyways, we're going to close this one out. i got to check and see how close to being caught up we are, so I don't have to split these into two episodes anymore, because it's getting annoying. But stay tuned, there's another one coming. As always, make sure you're checking out both episodes. Just double check, maybe you missed one. But otherwise, have a great day, and I'll talk to you either later today or tomorrow.
small. Bye-bye.